Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As was mentioned earlier, uh, we have a new sermon series starting called Generous Gratitude. It will run for the next four weeks right up to our Thanksgiving Sunday service. And in this series, what we'll try to explore is, is how it is that we can go about having hearts that are filled with gratitude, so filled with thanksgiving that it spills over into our lives of generosity. Today, we'll talk about developing a grateful heart. Maybe if you've watched comics or cartoons with superheroes or read the comic books, you've wondered what it would be like to have a certain superpower. If you've thought about that, I wondered what superpower you picked for yourself. Maybe like Flash, you just want to be able to make it from point A to point B as fast as possible. Maybe you like the idea of having the extra senses, the spidey senses of Spider-Man. Or, or how about Superman? In addition to his x-ray vision and his ability to fly, he's faster than a speeding bullet, right? More powerful than a locomotive and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Now we know that superpowers are most likely unrealistic and yet it's still fun to think about what that would be like to have them, isn't it? If we allow that to be the definition of superpower, something that is at best rare and most likely non-existent among the human race, then perhaps we could call gratitude a superpower. You understand what I'm saying, right? It's so easy to grumble and complain and be frustrated by life in this world, but having a heart that's truly filled with thanksgiving, a truly grateful heart, that's a pretty rare commodity. And so today as we listen to the Apostle Paul's words in Colossians chapter 3, let's hone our skills. Let's hone the ability to have that gracious and, and have a gratitude, that deep gratitude in our hearts. We'll do that in a couple of different ways as we think about developing a grateful heart today. Number one, Paul tells us it happens through the peace of Christ. But then right alongside that peace of Christ, developing a grateful heart happens through the word of Christ as well. Here's how the Apostle Paul gets us started with the idea of peace being something that fills our hearts with gratitude. He writes this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Three times in these three verses, the Apostle Paul mentions thanksgiving and gratitude as he weaves it into the peace of Christ and the word of Christ. It's interesting to note that this letter to the Colossians, only four chapters long in our Bibles, was written to people that according to the previous chapter, the Apostle Paul had not even met most of them. And yet he knew the troubles that the Colossian congregation was facing, that they were being misled, led astray by teachings that they were hearing, that were bringing into question at least the work of Jesus. And so the theme of this letter to the Colossians is Jesus is sufficient. He's everything that you need. The Apostle Paul lets the Colossians and us know that not only is Jesus sufficient for our faith, he's everything that we need when it comes to our relationship with God. Jesus is also sufficient for the lives that we live in this world. Paul connects 
thankfulness to the peace of Christ. You see, if we're truly going to be thankful, it has to start with Jesus, doesn't it? And the Apostle Paul reminds us that it's the peace of Christ that rules in our hearts. What exactly is Paul speaking of when he talks about this idea of peace? Peace is the recognition. The recognition, first of all, that we are forgiven. That we have full and free forgiveness because Jesus took our place. It's that peace of mind. It's the calm that we have in knowing that all is well with us and God. That God calls himself our friend because of what Jesus has done. Jesus described that peace this way in his, in his speech talk with the disciples in John chapter 14. He said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's the kind of peace that Jesus brings. And as the Apostle Paul describes this peace that rules our hearts, he also says that that peace that we have with God then becomes peace that we can enjoy with one another. Let's just stop for a moment to be amazed at the fact that This is peace that we know. This is peace that we have. We know it because God has blessed us with that peace through our faith in our Savior Jesus. We know that all is right between us and God. We know that our sins are completely washed away, that Jesus took our place in life and in death and his resurrection proves it. That fills us with contentment as we live our lives in this world. We're content because we know that God has already taken care of our greatest need and promises to work all things for our good. It's that peace of Christ that leads us to look ahead to the joy that we have waiting for us in eternity. And yes, it's all centered in Jesus. It all happens through Jesus. When, when peace rules our hearts, then gratitude fills those hearts. It starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus because that's how we stand before God holy and blameless. It's through Jesus that we have the greatest blessing of all, salvation. Yes, our lives in this world are redeemed, redeemed by our Savior so that we will live forever with him in heaven. But that peace that God gives us is for us right now. It helps us as we live our lives right now. It's a peace that I know that nothing, no circumstances, nothing that happens to me in this life can change what God has already done for me through Jesus. It's a peace then that gives me peace with other people. You see, peace with God means that we can live at peace with others. Think about it in these terms. Understand what the Apostle Paul is saying when he says that we are called to peace. We're called to peace because our petty squabbles, our frustrations with other people, they seem so foolish, don't they? In light of what we already have in Jesus, in light of the big picture of what Jesus has already done for us. The frustrations that we have with others, the anger that we sometimes feel over the situations in which we live in this life, they're nothing compared to the peace that we have with God and the joy that that will lead to for eternity. And yet, we know how elusive that peace is, don't we? We know it's elusive because the worries and cares of this world tend to work their way into our hearts and erode our confidence. 
We know it's difficult because we can compare ourselves to others and wonder why we don't have the same gifts or the same joy in this life that they do. And then, of course, there are the attacks of our enemy, the devil, who tries to disrupt our peace by reminding us that we're not good enough, that our sins are far too great to be loved by God. That's why God wants the peace of Jesus to rule our hearts, to put away all of those doubts, to set aside all of those fears. And when we think about the Reformation that we celebrate today, what a blessing that God gave to Martin Luther to see through all of the frustrations that he had in trying to please God and recognize that it was only through Jesus that we can truly have peace. And through that man, God brought that truth back to the forefront so that today you and I know that our peace comes from Jesus and him alone. Maybe you enjoy watching a little sports every now and then, and if you do, you maybe have noticed that umpires and referees, they're actually pretty good at what they do, aren't they? Oh, sometimes we don't think maybe they are because we get to see super slow motion replays of everything and see just how things happened and then wonder, how, how did they miss that? But when you remember that they're doing everything in real time and how often they get the calls right, it's pretty amazing. I think about this. What would the sporting events that we watch or that we participate in be like without referees, without someone there to know the rules, without someone there to fairly administer those rules? And maybe you're asking yourself right now, well, what does this have to do with peace? Well, in the original Greek, when the Apostle Paul writes that he wants the peace of Christ to rule our hearts, the original Greek word actually means to referee, to referee in our hearts. Isn't that a cool picture? Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Make your decisions based on what's ruling in your heart. And when it is God's peace, it's the peace of Jesus, that ref, that is the referee, that makes that ruling, then the things that I face in this life, it's the peace of Christ that decides how I react. It's the peace of Christ that decides how I respond, how I live my life in this world. And yes, it's the peace of Christ that focuses in on the voice of Jesus who tells me that all is right between God and me because of what he has done. So if the peace of Christ is so important and we find that peace of Christ when we're listening to the voice of Jesus, maybe we have to ask ourselves, well, where is the voice of Jesus found? If we're developing a grateful heart and the peace of Christ is one part, the Apostle Paul reminds us that it's the word of Christ that also works in our hearts. He writes it this way in verses 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul makes it pretty simple for us, doesn't he? When we connect with God, when the word dwells in us, that's when the peace of God will also be prominent in our lives. And when the peace of God is filling our hearts and the word of God is living in our hearts, then gratitude will come as well. 
Paul uses another beautiful picture here in this verse when he talks about the word dwelling in our hearts. Quite literally, the Greek word means live in. What you want God's word to be is a live-in companion in your heart, to literally make its home in your heart. What a beautiful picture Paul gives of what the word accomplishes in our lives. When the word is in our hearts, when God's peace is ruling those hearts, and when gratitude fills our lives, then that spills over into praise. Yep, in a word, that's what the Apostle Paul is describing when he says, by singing songs, hymns, and spiritual, uh, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Praise is an awesome way, isn't it? It's an awesome way to express the gratitude that we have. How blessed we are at chapel to have so many different musicians, so many different ways to present music through bands, through piano players, through instrumentalists, through orchestras, all of those ways that lead us to recognize the praise of God and the thanksgiving that is in our hearts. How many times have you walked away from a service after hearing a song thinking, that really was a benefit to me to praise my God. It's a wonderful blessing to praise God through song. And you see, what Paul's getting at is where grateful hearts come from. Whatever you do, he says, do it all in the name of the Lord God, Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When our hearts are grateful, then our lives become grateful. Paul's describing doing things in the name of our Lord Jesus as being in harmony with the truth of the gospel. It's God's love for us that then gives us love for him and love for one another. And when we know the peace of God that passes all understanding, then everything else in our lives tends to fall into place. Sounds so easy, right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. And you will have this gratitude in your hearts as well. You will have developed a grateful heart. I think you know as well as I do that it isn't that easy, that it's not easily accomplished to fill our lives with gratitude. There's so much competition in this world and really even in our own selves for first place in our hearts. It's worries and cares and fears that can crowd the peace of God and the word of Christ out of our hearts. It's the things and the people of this world that often become more important to us than filling our hearts with the peace and the word of Christ. Have you noticed this? The things in this life, the things that we think are going to bring us joy and happiness and peace in this life so often fail because there's only truly one way to have the peace that God wants us to have and that's through Jesus. When the word of Christ dwells in us richly, that's when we have the peace and the gratitude that we want to have. We learned through the Reformation how important it is to connect with the Word of God. One of the great blessings that God gave through the Reformation was bringing the Word of God back into the hands of the people. Through translations into the common language of the people, through people being able to read and hear and study the Word on their own, connected them to the promises of God. That's our focus, isn't it? In the end, the focus has to be on Jesus and everything that he's done. And God has given us his word to do just that. 
I'm going to put in a little plug here for something that I find very encouraging during the week, and that's our student devotions. If you're not aware of this, we have students who write daily devotions Monday through Thursday every week, and it's fairly simple to sign up to get those email or to get those emailed to you every day when they are put out because you just go to our website and subscribe to that daily devotion. Here's the amazing thing. Our students are so gifted by God that they focus our attention on Jesus in those devotions. It's a wonderful way to grow in our faith. See, Thanksgiving doesn't come naturally. It's something that we need to practice. And I find that in my life that when I focus on the things that I don't have, when I focus on things I wish I had, my gratitude goes out the window. Maybe you can appreciate that too. But when we remind ourselves of the things that we do have, the blessings that God has given us, and focus on those blessings, it becomes much more easy to live a life of gratitude. See, even in difficulties, we can recognize the hand of God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds through the life that he gives us here to the perfect joy of heaven. In the end, when the peace of Christ referees in our hearts, when the word of Christ lives in us, then we will grow in our gratitude to God. The psalm that we read before from King David describes so well some of the best reasons that we have for giving thanks to God, to have great gratitude in our hearts. Paul writes this, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion. Lots of reasons to be filled with praise for the God who loved us so much to give his life for us. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, when the peace of God rules our hearts, we will recognize his blessings. Everything that we do then becomes based in what we have before God. Peace through Jesus. Number two, when the word of Christ lives in our hearts, gratitude will follow. We know what Jesus has done for us and that word of God reminds us again and again of what Christ has done and then as King David says so clearly, we will forget not all his benefits. Then finally, number three, when we develop thankfulness, it's God's blessings that shape our lives. Oh, we know this is a struggle. We know it's a constant work in progress this side of heaven. But we also know that when our hearts are filled with gratitude, it's so much better than a heart that is discontent. It's so much more enjoyable to live life giving thanks to God than grumbling and complaining. And it's Jesus who makes that possible. I wonder how many of you are thank you note writers. Maybe you've had to write some thank yous after a graduation or a wedding. Maybe a new baby came and the gifts that you got made you responsible, at least in your mind, to write thank yous to those who had brought you the gifts. Sometimes we almost look at thank you notes as a chore, don't we? But maybe you've recognized this. As you write those thank you notes, the thank you note really ends up benefiting the person who writes it probably as much or maybe even more than the person who receives it. Because as you write those thank you notes, you re realize the blessings that God has given. As I think about thank you notes, it's certainly something that we can do for each other and praising God for the different things, the different blessings he gives us through each other. 
But maybe try this this week. Here's an unofficial assignment for you for the week ahead. First of all, find another way, one more way this week to connect with Jesus through his word. Maybe it's through signing up for a devotion that you can receive online. Maybe it's reading through the whole book of Colossians this week to recognize the thanksgiving that we can have. Try to do one thing extra so that that word of Christ will dwell in you even more richly this week. And then try one more thing. Will you every day this week, and be intentional about this, write something down. Write something down that you are thankful to God for. Thankful for the blessings that God has brought into your life and every day write that down and just see. Just see with the word of Christ dwelling in you richly and the peace of God ruling your hearts if God won't go to work and develop in you a a heart filled with gratitude. The grateful heart that we seek. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.